Hi, folks. To go with last week's all full of warnings uh, for the interview, uh, we don't actually have any this week. Um, my talk with Richard was actually quite nice. Um, our second warning is that we have animals, one of whom is Lacey dancing in the kitchen for some reason. You know, life is complicated. Yeah. Um, but now that we're attaining fall, it's dark earlier, and so the chickens are all in bed. But there is a cat on my desk who was just more than happy to cause problems. Um, and to that, our third warning, and that is we swear a lot, mostly at the cats. Uh, mostly at one cat in particular. Isn't that right, Sergey? Aren't you just my little bastard? Yes, you are, you little shit, you. <clears throat> anyway. Um, but as long as he's being quiet and on my desk and not causing any problems, he is just the sweetest little animal in the world. Uh, yeah, so we swear. That's why it's marked explicit. So, hi folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 220-220. I'm really excited to be this far along. Yeah. I wouldn't have imagined it. Um, it's, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. And it's October... So, yeah. yeah. Do you know my book comes out in like five days? Oh, the new Paladin book? Yeah. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yes, you can pre-order the new Paladin book. It's called Paladin's Hope. Yes. Go for it. Comes out Saturday. It'll be great. I don't know. Everyone will probably hate it, but... say that every time. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Did you ever read the final? Um... I read the nearly final, and that's that's good enough for me. There were a couple of scenes that you had not put in yet that it's I okay. Put the gay sex scenes in right, yet, and, right. And I, I don't need to read that. I mean, actually, I would kind of like it if you did because, like, you know way more about being the person about being a person with a dick than I will ever in my life. Yeah, but there are some aspects of it that I probably can't inform you of or around. But right, I'm not asking for that. And I had a sensitivity reader go through. Oh well, all right then. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and you know who I know for a fact edits smut all the time. All the time. And he, in fact, told me he was like, okay. This is one of your sex scenes, so of course it is fairly tame, but you are required to put in more smut in order to bring it up to parody with your previous two heterosexual (laughs) ones, or else you are shortchanging the smut. And I was like, you are so goddamn right. You are 100% correct. I absolutely nerfed that one because I was afraid of, uh, you know, doing it wrong and looking exploitive. I will go back and add more smut. Well, all right then. I guess I will have to read it either between now and release or after release. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's some of that in the book too. Yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> wow, we are earning the explicit tag and we haven't even said fuck yet. And so. today I was working on a children's book. And today you're working on a children's book. Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, it's so weird. Um, so as many of you know, the the... Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking was a kid's book that I wrote back in, like, you know, oh, I started God. it in 2007, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, around the time, not long we dating, before we started dating, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Uh, handed it in, it was done and handed in in, like, 2012. Yep. And uh, they <laughs> didn't publish it. Nope. And they sat on it for God knows how long and finally sold it back to me, and that's fine. It is one... 
a ton of awards. It made me a lot of money. Uh, it, it did. Uh, yeah, it was. It was the. It, yeah. it was such good luck, in fact, because it landed at the exact right moment. It really did. Yeah, there was, was no like, predicting that it was going to be there like was that. No yeah. way we could know that everyone was into sourdough and mistrusting the cops at exactly the moment I had it available. It was wonderful. Um, like I could never have planned that. So, uh, although mistrusting the cops honestly is a recurring theme, and there's right. a lot of that in, in yeah. obviously the next Paladin book. But uh, oh yeah. Anyway, um, not sourdough. So <laughs> I wrote them another book, which they bought, and I think that one was Castle Hangnail. Yes. And yeah. No, no. I I think. Yeah, they bought and published Castle Hangnail. And then I sold them another book. Right. And I wrote that book, and in 2014 was when I handed it in. Yep. And they have finally agreed to sell it back to me. Yay. It is seven years now. Yeah. And, like, literally October 3rd was the date that I saved the first, the final of the first draft. Oh, wow. And so it has literally been almost literally to the day since you years. started. Yeah. And uh, they tried. I'm not blaming anybody. I mean, there's a little blame. But uh, eventually it became obvious that the book was not going to happen. It was the editor's tastes had changed yep. over the years. They were just couldn't handle some of the the darker bits and yeah yeah whatnot and there were things i was just not willing to compromise on and which is on me and stuff like that so finally my agent uh negotiated basically another deal where I we give love them, you helen yes i give them please don't book, kill me <laughs> and they sell me back as part of it this book that uh that they had bought and this happens sometimes. It doesn't happen oh, yeah. normally as much as it happens to me. Um, because, honestly, there's been an editorial mismatch on this one with my long-form fiction, let's be honest. Yeah. But Yeah, yeah, just a little. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I finally get this book back. And I have, you know, I had spent five years tweaking things and changing things and taking things out and trying to make things that the, the editor would like. Mm -hmm. And... I have it back, and I opened it up today for the first time in since 2019, oh, wow. basically, and was like, okay, this this is going to be my story now. I can go add back in a bunch of things that I didn't think should have been cut. Oh, and God. And change some stuff, and go through, and every bit that was like, maybe this is too creepy for the audience, I can just be like, I'm going to turn that shit to 11. Yep. And here uh, we go, folks. I mean, it's not like it's not like, you know, the hollow places or the twisted ones or something, but like it is it's seventh bride level. No. No, certainly not. No, really no. Definitely not. It is not at seventh bride level. Even turned up to eleven. I don't think I could turn this one up far enough to eleven based on the, the what it is to hit seventh bride level. Like, you say that. No, I, I really couldn't. But we'll see what happens when Brooke and I get to read well, it. Well, there is that. But, <laughs> so, but it's been so slow going through it because it's only like a hundred and twenty pages long, and which is I don't know, not quite sixty thousand words. Uh, yeah. 
but I am like, it is just a slog going through, taking out editor comments, going, was this a good edit that I agree with, or was this cutting something because they didn't understand it or they didn't oh, feel yeah, it was appropriate yeah. or whatnot. So it, it took me like four hours to get through uh, 40 pages, you know, of, yeah, yeah. of going through and changing. And in some cases being like, nope, I'm just going to add a chunk here. I'm going to add a scene, damn it. it, it right, right. And uh, yeah, and talk about art and things. And so... I don't know. I think it will be good. I think it is highly unlikely it will hit the cultural gestalt like Wizards did because I think that was a once in a lifetime oh, that was, yeah. kind of thing. And there was just that was just so perfectly timed yeah, inadvertently. You, you, yeah, you don't get luck like that uh, twice. But uh, it might. I, I think it it can be good. It's just weird going through working on this project that I wrote so long ago and yeah yeah I can I can see that and and the interesting thing will be as you're doing this um you have improved right I hope so as in, in your little. craft and so it's watching you tune and tweak and probably update some things and add in new things it should be really interesting to see where it is because I read one of the drafts before you called oh, yeah, it done and read, set it yeah, off. Yeah, 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 you read a chunk of it. Yeah, yeah. She kept saying the scarling was too scary. It really? It, yeah, because it's it's this nasty little animated mandrake root that runs around that has kind of a like a creepy clown face painted on it, and she was like, "This is just too much," and that it hates the humans is too much, and. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's not going to turn into Seventh Bride, where okay, I crucified one of the previous wives and have her hanging in a pool of water she can't get to. Yeah, when she's dying of thirst. Yes, okay, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, as as has been told before, maybe not in this particular forum, but yeah, we knew F Seventh Bride was not for kids long before that scene. Well, yeah, I had figured out it wasn't for kids by the time I got to that scene, which was, which, so I was just like, fuck it, this isn't for kids, I'm gonna go hog wild. But, yeah, yeah that was the one that Brooke edited, and the sidebar comments were all, and this is where you realized it wasn't a children's book, right? And this is where you realized it wasn't a children's book, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, we, we figured it, it out somewhere along the lines of the bird golems with stone for stones for eyes. And, and the Cenobite answering the door was what you yeah. all said. And I was like, what? I didn't see that. Is it? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. And meanwhile, I've just been, you know, final touches. We know a launch date on my, the big project, the two big projects all in one. I got to send that wonderful email last week. I don't think I had written it when we recorded, but I, uh, the email that's, that said, this is for the monthly update to the entire engineering organization, basically that this thing is done and we'll be going out to customers soon. That, that is an amazing feeling. Yeah. That you and, should be um, super proud of that. Uh, and I can look at, uh, there, when it becomes public, there's, there's going to be a, a big, announcement over the other thing I was working on and I can look at that and say that that right there I was a I was 
definitely a part of that and busted my butt to, to help make it happen. And that's just a, a, it's an amazing feeling. And even though like, you know, my name won't be on anything and that there was a team of people that did a lot of it. I'm proud of this. I, I mean, this is one of those cases where I've done something that is tangibly, visibly apparent to the customer. Like a lot of the times I am under the hood and when, when a customer sees like when I've done something to improve the system or something, the customer doesn't see it. It, it just, it, it isn't readily apparent. Right. This is, you know, this is, this is something where it's like, you know, there will actually be customer communications about this entire project being done without, you know, saying things specifically. And it's a great feeling to look at something and, and know at that level that like, it, I, I helped make it happen. It, it's tangible. It's real. Um, at a lot of my other jobs, uh, doing this, it didn't feel tangible. Like, oh yes, I made sure that a customer server was fixed or I made sure that X and Y happened and the customer has no idea right, that right. there could have even been a problem. Um, I was talking to some former coworkers and I do remember there was a, um, uh, in the early days at that job, um, there was a lot of manual work. And while the customer never knew I was doing it, the customer service reps, the people who were sort of the interface between the technical people and the actual customers would knew and like, they were always very appreciative. Right. Um, but, um, it's just one of those things where, I can look at it and go, I did that. Yeah. And you know? that's, that's fantastic. That's, that's almost a celebration in and of itself. It, it's hard to point to, uh, I fixed a thing on that. Yeah. I, it's like if yeah. you're a mechanic, you don't point to a car going down the road and be like, I fixed the brakes on that two years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, there, there's, uh, although it's a, it's a smaller feedback loop in that case, because it's like, yes, I fixed your brakes and now they will not go out, you know, and they're being paid. I mean, I'm paid to do this. I, I admit that, you know, yeah. this is what I'm paid to do, but the bit where it probably would have happened without me being involved, there would have been somebody else to do it, but it just, I got to be the, you know, I pulled the, I, I, I hit just right to be the person who's available to do these two things was, you know, um, a lot of luck, but yeah. still worth celebrating. I mean, I've, I've been sort of in low grade celebration mode since we hit the the point where it's all over but like the one or two last things to do which is you know so i i guess you know my the concert i'm going to on friday which it isn't a metal show it's a much more uh, sedate um, I, I don't care if you're going adult to contemporary. Show. Well, no, people are just used to me me being like, I'm going to a metal show. I just saw Fuzzy. Fuzzy was amazing. You know, there were two opening acts who, um, uh, Black Satellite and, um, Royal. It does yeah. make having played Brutal Legend recently with you. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Cause, uh, but like, I go to those just to celebrate my life, just to, to enjoy things. And it's not like there's a specific reason. And even though, you know, I guess Saturdays could be much, or Fridays could be much more of a celebration for me personally, because it is someone I had always liked 
one of those I've always wanted to meet them, and I've known other work by them for years. It's Alicia Witt, the the actress who is also a singer. She's a very talented singer. I wouldn't be going to see her live in concert. Um, but it's also much more adult contemporary. So it's a thing that people don't think of me with. It's like when I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to crank up some some Miley Cyrus. And everybody's like, what do you mean Miley Cyrus? And I'm like, no, Miley, Miley Cyrus is legit. Like, I, you just have to go listen to her. I really. find it delightful that you will sing Chicago to the Sergi. My buddy. Apparently he's also the meaning in your life and the inspiration. Well, I mean, I, I have to tell him that or he'll kill me in my sleep. It is a concern. It is a concern. You know what won't kill you in your sleep? The interview I've got? Yes. Yes. Also Sofa Wolf Press. Also Sofa Wolf Press. But mostly the interview you've got. Yes, mostly the interview. I I, I should have the Sofa Wolf guys on for a for a repeat. I haven't we haven't talked to them yeah, in a while yeah. and um and uh yeah. So anyway, uh this week I was talking to uh Richard Schnitzel and he is basically running a done for you automation business. Like all the, all the times I talk about automating things with like Zapier or, or things like that, that is what he does. Like that is literally what he does. He automates, um, you know, people's processes and things. And uh, it was a fantastic conversation. And I will have that for you right after this. Today with Richard Schnitzel and Rich going to tell us uh, talk to us about how you stay productive and you are a consultant and a productivity person so I'm excited and I think it's important now that you introduce yourself and tell us about what you do significantly better than I just did <laughs> thanks for having me on the show uh, like you said my name is Richard Schnitzel uh, I own a done-for-you automation business helping entrepreneurs use automation as a tool in their business to increase the efficiency and the efficacy of their workflows. So productivity is something I live and breathe every day. Yeah. And I, I noticed that you uh, specialize in Zapier as one of your tools. Yes, I do. I'm a Zapier certified expert. With yeah. We that. had, uh, we had weighed on, I want to say right around the end of year two or the middle of year two. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, great. Great guy to talk to if you ever get a chance. Um, so we're familiar with Zapier. I use it every day, actually. So. Awesome. Yeah, they're great. They're they're great partners to to be with too, and from a, a business perspective as well. I can't say mo mo enough good things about them. Yeah, yeah. And do you do you have other things going on, or does it just all work all the time? You got you can't be all work all the time. No, I am not all <laughs> work all the time. Uh, so I always have a couple uh, car projects going on. I have a background in mechanical engineering. Okay. Um, so uh, now that I'm not an engineer on a daily basis using that side of my brain, one of my outlets is cars. I have a, uh, a 2001 Jeep Cherokee XJ 
which has 190,000 miles. So it always has a couple nice. things that I'm tinkering on. Yeah. And then I have a 1985 Nissan 300ZX that I recently <laughs> discovered has a blown cylinder three uh, and needs a full engine replacement. So I am in the process of oh. finding a replacement engine, pulling the old one and putting a new one into it so I can continue to drive it. Yeah, if, if I had had the skills when my mechanic came to me about my 2000 Trans Am and said, so how emotionally attached are you to this car? <laughs> I would probably be doing something similar. Uh, but, uh, no, we, we sent it to a uh, restorer and collector, and I traded in for a newer, a newer model, as it were. Nice. Not that you could get Firebirds anymore at that point, but you know how it goes. Yeah, I, I feel you. I also have a 1965 Mustang I've owned since high school uh, oh, that is completely yeah. gutted that uh, is waiting for funds <laughs> and time. And that's the one that, like, I won't touch it until I know I'm 100% ready to begin it. Right. Because it's, like, that is my baby. I will never sell it. It will always be there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine had a 67 Mustang with all the original parts. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he was just... he. That was like, it's, I think it's like me and my Camaro who's like, I have children. They will never drive it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. All the other ones, fine. This one, no. That's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, cool. So with all that, how do you stay productive? So I think the biggest thing I do is I have a VA who keeps me honest. <laughs> Uh, that's probably one of the big keys. But I also I've been very conscious of the way that I meld task uh, tracking software. Mm -hmm. I use ClickUp right now, but then go old school in terms of writing things out. So I have daily and weekly lists that I create for myself off of the task tracking software mm -hmm. to set my intention for the day that I start with. You know, I've always recognized that if I don't understand those two or three things that I need to get done at the beginning. I can guarantee by the end of the day, they won't be complete because right. an hour and a half in my team needs something, something came up. I need to shift gears and go to a different direction. So I kind of have these, these dualities where I know what I need to get done. That's what I can focus on. And in a sense, my automation runs the ship until I can pick my head up off of what I'm supposed to get done and go, okay, what happened? The automation right. is letting everybody know what's going on. And now I can go, okay, now I can be present in all of the mayhem that's in occurred in the first three hours of the day or whatever that time frame is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, there's a common theme about three items. Right? Three items you have to get done because more than that is going to be too much, just mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen planner pages like, here are the five things I'm going to get done today. And I'm like, you're always going to be missing one or two on that list. Yes. Yeah. Better to have three and get an extra done than five and only get three done. Yeah. And I, I tally how many times I have to push something into the future. Oh, yeah. And if I get to four or five days, that's a key to me that either one, it's not that important. Two, it's important and I don't need to get to it and I need to delegate that off to somebody. Or right. three, I just need to reassess when it needs to get done because it kind of goes into the bucket of to do's of, you know, what if. Yeah, yeah, the, the someday maybe list, which usually turns, for me at least, I don't know about you, but uh, the someday maybe often turns into a uh, maybe never. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you use any particular planning system with that? Uh, or is it just 
like bullet journal, write three tasks down and go through them? Yeah, I'll, for the three tasks on a day, I just write them down on a sticky note or a pad of paper. Okay. That's I don't need anything specific with that. When I plan out kind of my stuff to do for the week, though, I do write it all in a matrix. Oh, okay. So the rows are one, two, three going down. That is the uh, the time value to mm-hmm. complete it. And then the columns, I go uh, alpha, beta, gamma, and those are the importance. Okay. Okay, so it's sort of like a, a, a three-by-three Eisenhower matrix instead of the standard two-by-two. Two. Correct. Okay. Alpha, beta, gamma, not... I took uh, three years of Greek in high school. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, ancient Greek. Uh, so I, I took ancient Greek and Latin, two dead languages, uh, yes, because I, yes. I hated the vocabulary talking and conversations in terms of learning a foreign language, and that was all... You just had to look at a, a paragraph and be able to translate it. So that was my uh, way of getting around that. Uh, so I have this affinity towards Greek symbols now. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. Actually, um, our housemate slash tenant farmer um, uh, shepherd is also a student of ancient Greek. So that was just like one of those weird coincidences. Okay, neat. <laughs> <laughs> I will come about We are done. Might get an email going, tell me more, or have you read this yet? <laughs> Whoops. Ah, cool. Yeah, they're they're living here because there's no air conditioning on the the land where the sheep are, and so okay. we have to wait for the heat wave to pass. One of those yes. things. Yes. Yeah. Been brutal Ooh. year for that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so anything else on the how you keep yourself organized? I would say those are the big ones. I'd say I also delete things out of my life at a, uh-huh. a monthly basis. Um, so I, I'm actually in it right now. The first three days of the month I take off. Nobody can schedule a call with me. Um, my team even struggles to get in contact with me. That's kind of my reset for the month. Right. And during that time, one of the things I do is I remove things off of my to-do list under the theory that if it's truly important, I will think of it again. And right. just a way of eliminating the clutter in my brain of all the yeah. things that I'm trying to hold and juggle. And then you look at it, and then I go, oh, my God, there's so much stuff. And you just you keep getting yeah. pulled in. So uh, I have a pretty healthy habit of just deleting stuff off of the to-do list if it's been sitting there as a delegated, whatever it is. Okay, this isn't important anymore. Don't save it in the bucket list of things I want to get to. Just take it off of the, the board completely. And you know how many times it's been punted forward if you need, to, as, a, as a reference, like, well, I guess I've delayed that one 10 times. It's not really. Right. At this point, it's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 Interestingly, I do the same thing with the tabs on my computer, interestingly enough. Because you always get, you know, 50 oh, yeah. tabs running across multiple screens. About a, two or three times a week, I just close out all of my windows, start over. I, Anytime that happens with a couple of my coworkers at my day job, there's screaming. <laughs> literal, just like a scream will be posted to Slack, and then it's like, what happened? All my tabs got closed, and they're gone. Like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So how many of that also 
follows as a system or habit? Like, do you have any other systems and habits that are important to you as part of all this? I mean, I, I have a daily meditation process that definitely okay. keeps me in line. Uh, I can definitely tell the days that I don't or I forget and I get going and it's like, why is my day so crappy? Oh, that's right. Because I, I do it when I get into the office. So right. I now have an office. I worked from home for three years. And yeah. getting the office gives me that separation of mm -hmm. work brain, home brain. And then yeah. I've recognized that getting into the office because I'm alone in mm -hmm. my space here, there's a ability for me to continue in home brain once I get here. Yeah, yeah. And never truly switch over to work mode. So I have a practice of as soon as I get in, I have a, a mat in the corner and I'll sit down and I'll meditate for 20, 25 minutes and just focus on the day, focus on my breathing and reset myself to then be able to show up into work yeah, and that's that's actually a challenge for a lot of people. I know several people who are excited about the prospect of, I work from home now and this is awesome. And another group of people who are, I can't wait to go back to my office. Yeah. So it's it's a it's an interesting it's interesting to watch how that has shifted depending on industry, depending on you know what they do. Like the librarians I've talked to, they are all kind of ready to go back to their libraries. Mm -hmm. But people like me who work in tech who why did we have to do that commute in the first place kind of thing you know this is great i've been working for home for 10 years so i'm like i told you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think um, the that's important you know i also i get dressed every day mm -hmm. in a button down and a bow tie and slacks and regardless of whether i'm on a call with somebody it's that that intention of yeah. moving forward that's really important for me to maintain my productivity. If I don't have that, if I show up in shorts and a t-shirt, I can guarantee that I'll work for 20 minutes and then probably start watching YouTube videos and then you know, lose my day. Yeah, that's uh, I, that's a habit I picked up from an author friend of mine who was like, you know, had that routine to get in the, I am now going to work. I am a writer. I write for a living. I need to sit down and work. So now I need to, I need to put on pants. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Right. It's fun for the first couple months when you first, you know, I get it. Everybody mm -hmm. got to work from home. Okay, cool. I can, you know, go to work in my pajamas and whatnot. That's great. I did it too, right? When I first left my corporate job and got to work from home, I did the same thing, but uh, at some point, you kind of have to go, okay, and have my fun. Now let's get back into the business of actually yeah, yeah. doing my job. And what are the best ways to go about doing that? Yeah. No, and, and I found, yeah, I found very early on that if I didn't have that mindset of I'm getting dressed for work, or at least I didn't take that time to do I, I'm getting dressed for work, I didn't make the transition smoothly. Mm -hmm. It's always a little more difficult. It was like after years of commuting that get up, shower, get dressed, get your coffee routine had really embedded in me. We are done at home. We are now working. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Even if it was 45 minutes in the car after that. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, any other habits that are really important? I think those are the big ones. Those are the ones that I've been doing for a long time that have never right. changed. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for new things and, you know, I, my wife had me try hot lemon water at one point. I prefer coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, 
I tried exercising in the morning. My body doesn't agree with it. Right. Yeah, so right. I've, I'm always playing around with it, trying to find that thing that might elevate it. But the getting dressed, showing up, meditating, uh, having that routine when I get here, that's those are the aspects that haven't changed in you know, three, four years of running my business. Those are the big yeah. ones. Okay, so I'm curious about the hot lemon water. And now not instead of coffee, because I'm going to have coffee, <laughs> but for like when it gets cold, it's going to be a day where I'm like, I, I, I'm thirsty, but it's probably too late in the day for coffee if I want to sleep before, you know, the weekend. And I'll just, I will make some hot lemon water. We've got a, a hot water, basically a, a always on tea kettle. And mm-hmm. we've got uh, dried lemon slices. And I'll just plop a couple in and, and, and do that. I'm wondering if your wife is doing the same thing, if she's doing the fresh squeezed with the sprinkle or, or how she. Yeah, she, uh, at the beginning of the week, she'll take a lemon and she'll cut it up into wedges mm-hmm. and throw it into a container in the fridge. And then uh, she drinks it throughout the day at work. Okay. okay. So she'll, she'll, she likes it because they have at work, she has like one of those instant hot water dispensers. Yeah. So yeah. she can throw the lemon in a mug, mm-hmm. put the cap on it, just throw it in her lunchbox and she doesn't have to worry about it spilling over or anything like that and then at whatever point in the day she wants to do the lemon water she just pulls it out fills it with water and then it's you know easy to get at should not tell her about the ember mugs and how awesome they are then the (laughs) self-heating or the 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 self-heating stay warm mugs yeah that's all right that's two things i've learned from you now I'm on a roll today. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so how do you decide what to do first on a given day? I mean, you've got your prior, you, you set out your priorities for the week, right? So how do you decide what to do first on a, or a given day? Or do you just have a routine that covers that? Uh, so for me, that's where my matrix helps me a lot mm-hmm. because I can look at the amount of time that I have available in that morning. You know, if my first call is at 11, I've got a bunch of time. Mm-hmm. I can go in column one and maybe go to the second thing down or the third thing down because right. I know I have a chunk of time to start working on something. But if I have a tight morning and I can only get a couple things done, I'll do the top left corner where everything's quick and I can bang two or three things out at the same time. Right. Uh, right. And I like it because it, it takes the emotional decision out of the choice in the moment. I like yeah, the ability to, one. yeah, yeah. I, I like the ability to, you know, on a Sunday afternoon when I the week hasn't started and I really don't care that much yet about my decisions, right? They're not going to directly impact my day. <laughs> I can start making choices about what I think it's going to take and what my priorities are. So then right, right. if it's Tuesday morning and everything's going on, stuff's blowing up, I got to get on a bunch of calls and I'm like, oh God, what, what can I do? I can't look at something and go, I should be doing this, but I'm going to enjoy doing the other thing more. I have these rule sets to go, no, this is the decision you made. Mm-hmm. This is what best fits. So do this first. So no, not not necessarily the uh, the eat the frog versus let's do the big thing or whatever. You've, you've, you've predetermined sort of where everything's going to fit and so see what will have the most impact. Exactly, yeah. Whether it's eating the frog or not. Right. So, right. Yeah. And then... That's, you know, and then you start in the calls. Now I know how that goes, right? Uh, <laughs> how do you do the wind down or, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the aftermath, the evenings or, or whatever look like? 
Yeah, so I have no set end time for my day. Okay. I run it off of, uh, I always reach a moment where I realize that I am not going to work anymore. Right. It just my brain is fried. It could be at 2 p.m. It could be at 6 p.m. It, it There is no set day. It depends on how the day went. But when I reach that point, I say, okay, I'm done. I know I can sit stare at my computer for another hour, but it won't be beneficial to me. So yeah, yeah. at that point, I call it good, and I'll head home. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually when I get home, we have a dog, so I'll take the dog for a long walk. There you go. Uh, I listen Sounds to a bunch a of thing. podcasts, so I'll throw a podcast in and I'll you know, take them for a 15, 20 minute walk. That's the first part of my cool down. And then I'm not always good at it, but I also, when I get home, try to do a change out of my clothing as well, of mm-hmm. the work clothing. Same theory as you know, going to work, you get dressed a certain way, trying to take off my clothes and change into yeah. something relaxing, make that mental shift to the next thing. Uh, and then I'll usually give myself you know, 15, 20 minutes of veg time of yeah. whether it's playing video games, watching YouTube, you know, whatever it is that 15, 20 minutes of just, okay, don't worry yeah. about doing chores or anything else. Just zone out. Yeah. And yeah. after that point, I'm usually pretty good to then flip into, you know, chores or spending time with my wife or you know whatever is mm-hmm. going on for the evening. Yeah, there's there's a distinct point where I'm like, I am done with everything. I all of my responsibilities around the house, um, or with the animals or whatever, and so now I can relax. And that's yeah, that's I I I didn't used to do this. It's been very strange. It's like okay, so I'm going to change into a different pair of pants, and mm-hmm. um, you know, shoes and socks go away. I'm in slippers for the rest of the night, kind of thing. And I I didn't realize how it was actually. A, a sort of like a switch in my brain going, okay, you don't have to, you're done working. You're done taking care of the house. You know, the kids are asleep right. when the kids still lived here. It was, yeah, yeah. Really, really a neat. Yeah. It's, it's interesting thing to have happen. Yeah. It's always amazed me the power of like putting on clothes and making you feel a certain way. Yeah. 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 And just that act of changing into something different intentionally in the way that it can shift your mind from one way of being into another. I mm. used to be a salesman and putting on my suit was always that like, okay, you know, going into a meeting, that ritual, putting on your suit, mm-hmm. putting your tie, that whole thing. And then you yep. step out of your office and like, okay, I'm in, I'm in go mode. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm ready to conquer the world. Now I've gone through this whole thing that th- those yeah. acts. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a confidence that comes with, uh, I, there's always the, you know, the dress for the job you want, not the job you have kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's always sort of that, if I put this on and I look professional, I am sharp and I will be on point. It, it, there's an inner confidence that comes with it just because you are like, you're dressing, it's almost like you're, you're cosplaying who you want to be. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a great way to put it. I've never heard it put quite that way, but I love it. I, it was the only, I'm fishing for words and it just like pulled that one in. So I'm like, all right, let's <laughs> go with it. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Are now for the fun questions. Okay. The, the deep dive questions sometimes. Um, what is the best advice you have been given 
and or the best advice you would give someone else? Yeah, I think it's um, you're gonna have to put the explicit warning on the podcast now because we do every uh, time. Yeah, because it's, okay. <laughs> uh, it's uh, sometimes you just have to say fuck it. Yeah. Okay, I know that one. And yeah. and that is the same advice that I would give to people and have given to people all the time. It's the you know sometimes you just have to say fuck it. You you can't sit there and think about it forever and go over everything. It's Trust yourself, go forward, you'll figure it out yeah. and and begin. Mm-hmm. And that expletive with the intention is kind of like that simple boiled down way to just go, okay, it, like jump. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in, in polite terms, it's uh, are you going to fish or cut bait? And yeah. in, a less, in a less explicit, although still explicit context, it's, um, you know, shit or get off the pot, right? Yeah. Um, but at some point you have to make that decision and just be like, fuck it. I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, and I love using fucking that statement because <laughs> of the power of it. Yeah. I, I've always loved, I don't swear a lot in my common language because I like the ability to pull it out and maintain <laughs> the impact of that word. Right. Right. And I feel like, you know, shit or get off the pot is like, yeah, okay, I get it, but come on. But when you can look yeah. somebody in the eye and just say, like, fuck it, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it hits you differently. It's like, oh, okay, like, yeah. we're making a decision here where the, the softer versions, they might not work, but it's always lacked impact for me. If I heard shit or get off the pot, I'm almost like, right. yeah, I know, shut up. I'm working on it. Like, I'm yeah, trying to yeah, do yeah, something yeah. here. Stop yeah. nagging me. <laughs> yeah. Where you, like, it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. cuts through that response that you might have of, like, I know, I get it. I've tried to, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose, for me, part of it is also, I spent a couple of years in New York City, mm-hmm. right? living in Queens, working in Manhattan, with people, and working with people who had, you know, lived there their entire lives, like friends who had been born, raised there, all that sort of thing. So, was a point where um, much like SpongeBob called it, swear words were sentence enhancers. It was like salt on the meat <laughs> because that's the environment. Uh, right. You know, as I've gotten older, as I've, you know, that's been, again, I'm not doing math, so it's been a while. Um, you know, my kids are out of the house. I'm, I'm finding myself being a little more judicious in my use of language or like mm-hmm. targeted for impact not so much this is it's just thursday so we're just gonna you know roll three f-bombs uh, right. across one sentence you know. right i uh i'm gonna butcher the quote but i heard once that people use swear words when they lack the vocabulary to uh, communicate their emotions effectively yeah yeah I, I, and i feel like that is definitely something that comes with age and experience of like okay I, yeah. I can I can make my point a lot better by using a different word than, you know, a swear. I was going to say, except like last night when my knee had stiffened up yeah. after, you know, and then yeah. it's just like, it's more like the pressure valve on the, on the steam. Yeah. At uh, that they, point, you know? They've proven swearing reduces pain. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you just have to say fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have uh, I have two two of the primary questions left. Okay. 
Um, and we have the, as, as someone convinced me to ask this one first, because I shouldn't end on a sad note. Okay. Okay. Um, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? And they can be two different things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> failure for me is kind of a stage process. Um, one, I'll, I'll usually ignore it for a little bit, like ignore that it happened. And then I reach a point where I recognize that, okay, this thing happened and I emotionally can wrap my brain around you know, why it happened from a logical perspective. Mm -hmm. These are the events that occurred. Like my, I fall back on my engineering brain and I have to understand all of the points of what's going on. Like what decisions did I make? What could I have made differently? What was the outcomes? And you know, so I, I think for a certain respect, so I don't make that mistake again because right. mistakes and failures are part of life, but let's try, try not to repeat them over and over. So I have to understand it. And then I'll usually talk to my wife about it. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's an English theater major. She's much better at the non-logical side of life. Um, and as a, we've been together for, it'll be 15 years this September. So, yeah. you know, going to her with a failure and telling her what happened, she has an amazing ability to, you know, help me be okay with it and then ask me the right questions to you know, help me work through whatever's left from an emotional standpoint of yeah. what's going on. And and you're I'm going to I'm going to say this. Please excuse how this phrasing you're doing that for her too when she has issues, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. want to make sure yeah. There's there's always a big thing about how how um, women end up doing a lot of the emotional labor and I myself I'm trying to recognize and be better about that. Um Yes. So that it's, I'm not pushing it all off on like my wife or my coworkers or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, no, great point. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm -hmm. I'd say the interaction is probably different because of the way that we mm -hmm. approach problems. But yeah, absolutely right. always there for her, for the reciprocal of, yes. you know, what I, what I ask her to do for me. Mm -hmm. Cool. I, I, it's it's strange how over the last two the things I've learned in the last two years and how that's impacting my own behavior and the questions I ask people. So, um, so that's 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 like a big failure. Is it, is it usually the same thing like missing a goal or is a goal just not quite the same impact? I think a goal is not quite the same impact for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm I'm burnt out from goals of working oh. for other companies for so long, right. you know, being in sales and having to hit the sales numbers and creating those goals and, uh, Oh, we got to get here. And then you had a stretch goal that if you beat that one, there was this higher mountain that you had to climb. I, I, yeah. I don't want those in my life anymore. I have mm -hmm. intentions of where I want to get to, okay. but I don't place a, like a, a result on whether or not I get to the intention because it, one, it doesn't do me any good. Two, the intention changes as I go for it. So it's just a, yeah. like, where am I trying to get to and living that journey instead of mm -hmm. going, okay, I have to get to this point. This is my goal. If I get here, I'm happy. If I don't, I'm unhappy because I didn't quite get there. It, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I did some time as a sales engineer. I know exactly what that is. You've, you've got your goal. And then if you can hit your goal, there's the accelerators and you get paid more. But yeah. You know, and if you don't hit it, then, you know, then the whole thing was, what have you done for me lately? Not, 
you know, right. past performance is no indicator of what's going on now. And so it's just, yeah, it literally like physically burned me out. I, I couldn't even look at any sort of promotion for a while after yep. that. It was tough. Yeah. All right. Now for the happy question. Yay. Always a happy question. Yeah. Flip side. Absolutely. Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Uh, absolutely do. Uh, I think yeah, recognizing and celebrating the successes, excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah. If you don't, then, you know, what's the point? Um, typically, it's I'll either have something that I want to buy for myself yeah. that I put as a, okay, when I get, when I have this success, this is what's what I'm going to buy. Uh, and it's always something that I want but don't need. Right. So it's, it's it's never a thing that I'm putting a negative on myself until I get to this point, like, you know, right. motivation to get there. But it's you know, that a new pair of headphones. I have headphones on right now. I don't need a new pair, but I know this. Right. I have this nice pair. It's, you know, really expensive. It's really nice. I'd love to have that. Mm-hmm. If I have a success, I can go do that. Um, and then sometimes it's just making an intention of going on a date with my wife to someplace and and having the point of going out being a celebration of the success. Yeah. Yeah. That is something we occasionally have trouble with. We, in the before times, before all this, and I wave my arms in the all this, we all know what that is. Um, uh, We would travel a lot for for her career. She's a writer, so we'd go to conventions. And either as a guest or, you know, as a panelist or something like that. And we made some of them into sort of like mini vacations when we could, but a lot of our, you know, whatever vacation time, air quotes vacation time at that point, was mm-hmm. much more like take the day after to recover before we do anything else, right? Right. Um, and this last year and a half, like this past weekend, I was telling you about my vacation this past weekend, I think that was the first vacation vacation that didn't have some other volunteer or something component to it, and, and a Several years, so mm-hmm. um, at least two, at least two years. Um, and even then, this was the first solo vacation I'd, I'd taken since we, uh, good gravy, since we started dating. So it's been a really long time. <laughs> right? um, but yeah, I mean, there's there there's always that. It's it's nice to share successes. Yeah, and and I don't think the celebration doesn't have to be mm-hmm. proportional to the success. It just has to oh. be an intentional celebration, yeah. right? It, it doesn't. You don't have to have this huge thing that happens and be like, "Oh my God, I have to have this huge celebration because this was a huge thing." Right. It's not a one-to-one correlation. It's just saying, "Okay, we're going to celebrate this," you know, and yeah. this is where we're at. This is what we want to do, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And well, okay, I have my I have my toys for the uh, for the okay. I'm stuck at home on call day. And maybe it will be like, I just did a big thing. I'm going to buy myself a new Lego set mm-hmm. and save it for that really rough on-call weekend when I have that, you know, four-hour gap where I can just zone out and do Lego, waiting for the next yep. alarm to go off, because that's how it goes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And that is certainly a want, but I do not need more Legos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to me about automating. Before we do the charity, because I mean, sure. that's what you do. You automate, and I love automation. I'm a, I'm a, 
I'm an SRE as my day job. I try to automate as much toil away as I possibly can. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I automate on the idea that there's two things that we're trying to solve when we build automation. One is to improve efficiency, right, which mm-hmm. largely everything passes that litmus test once you automate it, right? Usually okay. 99% of the time, automation speeds up a process. Uh, but it should also improve the efficacy of what it's automating as well. So the outcome should oh, yeah. be better because we've automated something, uh, which becomes a little bit more of a grayer area because a better outcome is up to interpretation of the person building the automation and the person using that automation. Uh, the uh, example I always use is phone trees. Right? Everybody hates a phone tree. Oh, yeah. Which is an incredibly effective automation from an efficiency standpoint for a company, but a terrible automation from an efficacy standpoint of providing a better product. So my box that I stand on when I talk about automation is that it's an incredible tool that we can use and we should all be implementing it into our businesses, Mm -hmm. but we need to do it from a space of understanding how it's going to be utilized and how it's going to affect the outcome. And I think in the tech space that we're in, the place that we fall short is just saying, can we build this? Yes. If yes, build. And not having a larger conversation around that and not doing our due diligence to help people understand, you know, the people that are paying us understand what we're saying yes to and what they're asking for. Mm -hmm. So my business is built around two pieces, having that conversation with people so that they can ask for the right things and then providing them a resource that is my team of once they can go, I get it. I want this. I understand what I'm asking for. They can say, okay, build it and we can build it as well. Yeah. That that moment of uh, you have asked for what you, what you need or what you want, but it's not what you actually need. Yes. That moment. Yeah. Right. And there's always the, well, we're going to automate for automation's sake, which uh, sometimes I run into in what I do. But um, Or we're going to automate this, so don't bother doing any interim automations because it's all wasted labor. No, it's not. The labor I'm doing between now and six months later when you have the automation is wasted labor. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Even an interim automation is, or, or a couple uplifts is a benefit. Right. And through those, I guarantee that you're going to learn something about what you want that final automation to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because that process, you can't help but learn things through that process. I have never worked with anybody on a complex structure where the initial vision is 100% what our final vision was. It's always a, okay, let's start at 30,000 feet. Let's go down a layer. Let's go down a layer. Okay, we have enough that we can start to build something. Let's build it, figure out where we sit then go down another layer and repeat that process until we reach this point where we go, okay, we're happy. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's amazing the tools you have for that now. Yeah. Uh, compared to what we had uh, years ago, 15 years ago. Um, like, you are a Zapier certified person, so you know, imagined being able to go into a thing and, and connect two apps or three apps chain to do that level of processing without a whole lot of scripting and learning about APIs and stuff like that. Yeah. Or, um, you know, or something like, um, have you 
Have you played with Node Red at all? No, I have not yet. I usually okay. play in Zapier and Google Apps Script. By... Oh, Google Apps Script. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Node Red is this. I, I've I've built automations for my chicken coops out of it because <laughs> it's yeah. all drag and drop and you know point and click yep. and, and it was. I'm just like wow, yeah. Yeah, you know, Zapier is mm-hmm. for automation. What WordPress is for building websites. When you had to code HTML and then WordPress came along and you could mm-hmm. drag and drop and create something, Zapier is creating the same solution for automation where you can yeah. visually build something without having to understand the back-end code. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say I've been running WordPress for a little longer than that, so it hasn't always been drag and drop for me. No, it, <laughs> it hasn't always been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a good because it hasn't always been. And if mm-hmm. you still have a need to possibly code in WordPress, it is not oh, a yeah. catch-all solution. The same way for Zapier, like yeah, yeah. a lot of our high-end integrations, we put code steps in, we build custom mm-hmm. integrations for people to connect with an API because it doesn't exist natively in Zapier. There mm-hmm. is. There is the base, and then there is a whole other layer that you can go and play in if you want to start going deeper down the rabbit hole. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I've, I've been having a lot of fun with some of the new features they've been adding. Um, uh, fun fact, um, when I finish recording the weekly episode and I save, mm-hmm. it to, I save it to a directory on my hard drive, and then I have a Zapier automation linking Dropbox and the Auphonic post-processing tool that will take it from my hard drive through, yep. through Dropbox, parse it out, build the build and upload it to Auphonic so that Auphonic can do the processing, pre-populate most of my fields, and then put it back on Dropbox. Yep. And it's just like, I didn't know you could do that. It was amazing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've had a couple of people who are like, can you share that? So I, I, that's, there's my, my <laughs> regular reminder to go in and, and click the share this automation button. You know? yep. Now that I figured out, that was like one of the things I, I hadn't quite figured out um, was, was really doing the sharing and the security around it. Now I've got it down. So awesome. Uh, okay. So tell us about a charity. Uh, so my charity is American Lung Association. Oh, okay. uh, right on. Lung.org. Mm-hmm. Um, I found them when I was in high school. They do a 180-mile three-day supported bike ride in Maine uh, that I started doing with my mom when I was a freshman in high school. Cool. Uh, so we have now been doing that for... Don't do the math. Don't. 20, yeah, a long time, long time. We've been doing it for a very long time. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, yeah, great organization. Uh, yeah, I looked it up once. They are also... Uh, I think A or A-plus rated uh, in terms of the way that they run their organization. So I always feel good about when I put a donation towards them, that it is going towards the thing that they are working towards and not going towards, you know, all of the superfluous stuff. Right. Yeah. The, the, and that's, that is something, as we've been doing more of these charities, that we're paying a lot more attention to is, is the money going towards the actual cause, the, mm-hmm. the, or is it, or is your money going to generating more money, which doesn't feel very... Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, where can we find you online? Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn at Richard mm-hmm. Schnitzel Jr. 
Uh, my website is richardschnitzel.com. Uh, schnitzel is S-C-H-N-I-T-Z-E-L, spelled exactly like the German food. <laughs> yes. Yes, we were discussing that before the recording started, so I didn't mangle the name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, uh, that's, that's, that's everything. So, awesome. Uh, yeah, no. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Absolutely fantastic. And... Uh, anytime you come back, uh, just drop me a note. We'll make it happen. All right. Beautiful. Look forward to it. Cool. Uh, oh, and for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. And we are back. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to Richard for taking the time to talk to us because it was just a lot of fun. And I hope someday to have him back on and find out how things are going because the automation biz is changing constantly and it's pretty awesome. So, hey, we have a word. What is our word? Well, uh, in honor of uh, Richard's side projects, it is... 85380ZX, 85380ZX, in honor of the um, 1985 380ZX uh, that is one of his project cars that he okay, keeps running. it's a car. It's a car. It's a car. Yes. Dude, uh, when you get into names and numbers like that, it could be <laughs> a computer, well, it could yeah. be a robot, it yes. could be a gun. Yes. Yes, I this mean, is true. This is true. Um, yeah. And, okay. Yeah, and I'm and and just to, you know, be up there, I am all about like automating things. I think everybody knows that. Uh and so it was one of the, that was a great thing about talking to Richard is finding out how he's, you know, automating and helping his customers and things like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um all right. So if you want to know more about badge codes and the word of the day, which is a badge code and things like that, go to productivityalchemy.com. Yep. And look up how we use badges, how you can get the badges, why you want the badges, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it I badge tacular people. There, there are people who who have said the. Uh, I believe it was Damian Ryan. It was like, I just want the badge for being interviewed. So <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's there awesome. There you go. You know. Uh, while you are there on productivityalchemy.com, you can see a link to support us and give us money. Please do not do no, so. We, we don't need it. We're good. Like I said, the, the wizard book did good. I mean, I'm not turning down coffee, but... Yeah, uh, you you don't it. have to give us money. You yeah. can give it to a charity instead. Who needs it? Yes. Who's our charity this week? Uh, the American Lung Association. Lung. Richard, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Richard specifically said this was the charity he wanted us to support. All right, lungs are very important. Yes. You need them. And you know, the American Lung Association is more than just uh, the anti-smoking ads you might see mm -hmm. in magazines and on TV. They're about all kinds of lung health and breathing, and you know, making and and helping people who have troubles, not just 
you know, smokers and lung cancer. That's, that's, that's only a portion of what it is they do. It's a very loud portion, but it's only it's, a portion of what they like do. It's like Planned Parenthood is not all abortions. Right, it's, right, they, exactly. They do a whole exactly. bunch of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so please, please, you know, support um, the American Lung Association and you can give them uh, donations at lung.org, L-U-N-G.org. And I'll have that linked. Excellent. As I always do, as the first item in the show notes. And one of these days I'm going to put together a page with all of the charities um, I think that would be a, a really good thing to do, and I it just will. haven't had time. One of these days, I'm going to clean out my studio. Yes. So, hey, um, as we grow our to-do lists, <laughs> uh, we, um, you know, we uh, thank you all for joining, and you know, I hope you had a good time listening. I know I had a good time talking, uh, both to you folks and to Richard. And on that note, uh, y'all. Go out there and do your best to stay productive. Hot Paladin Encore Interaction, coming Saturday. Okay, then. I'm so bad at blurbs. <laughs>